Hi folks, and welcome to Film Optimist, where we talk about all things film with a healthy dose of optimism. I'm your co-host, Seth Boyd. And I am Megan Tierney. And today we have a treat for you folks. We have a movie made in America in English in the last two years with a Hollywood star. That's right, for this lovely season of Valentine's Day, we're talking about the Nicolas Cage vehicle, Pig, which may not seem like a movie, very fitting, I'll be honest, Megan and myself are not exactly a big fan of rom-coms or the usual fare, but this is actually truly a lovely movie about love, about grief, about a relationship, and it's about the love between humans, but it is also about the love between a human and their animal companions that, frankly, is a lot more beautiful than I think either of us expected. So this is going to be our quirky choice for the season. So Megan... Before we start going into the synopsis, I'm gonna ask you the question, every man asks a woman at some point, what does Nicolas Cage mean to you? <laughs> Fabulous question, Seth. <laughs> so for me, this may be indicative of my age, but a Nicolas Cage <laughs> movie to me is national treasure solely. <laughs> so I know that he is this fantastic actor and especially after watching this movie, my opinions of him have certainly changed and um, sure. I'm, I was very impressed. But yes, literally before this movie, my Nicolas Cage repertoire included National Treasure, um, which isn't a terrible movie in of itself. Oh, and also um, I was a big fan of like SNL impersonations of Nicolas okay, Cage, cool. of him being like this crazy, <laughs> yeah. um, larger than life character that is a bit of an over actor. So right. I'm coming at him from like a parody perspective almost, but I know that there's a lot of untapped potential in this actor that everybody has seen besides me so i am really okay. excited for your take on it Seth, because cool i need to be educated over here uh, okay i'm i'm glad to hear it because i are you aware it sounds like you're kind of aware of for lack of better term uh nicholas cage how he exists as a meme or at least on the internet like you said that overacting um is often in bad movies is very entertaining in bad movies and mm -hmm. it's true um I am not a full cage expert. I, I have not head. seen everything. I'll be honest, it took me quite a while to come around. I think I, I have folks saying you got to watch these movies. They're so dumb and crazy. Mm -hmm. And some of them are very fun, but it's like, I'd rather watch a good movie. I know, it's <laughs> a little depressing. It is. And I'll, I'll, I'll have a recommendation later, but like it was once I actually started seeing the movies that were truly good movies that he was good in and it really clicked mm -hmm. and I got it. And I, I now will occasionally be in the mood of, I want to watch a Nicolas Cage movie. It doesn't have to be a good one. It can be a more wild one. And there's wild good ones. For folks who don't know, Nicolas Cage has had a bit of a legal trouble. Um, I believe it was uh, unpaid taxes and he's buying quite a lot of property. So there's this kind of time period that started, I think around 2009, where he just started appearing in a bunch of movies that are shot very quickly, often overseas, that are often straight to video. So there's a whole plethora of bad Nicolas Cage movies you're going to watch that was kind of the stuff people were telling me to watch as he was coming up that it kind of held me back from realizing oh he's a good actor in good movies <laughs> and um, well, this aspect was so interesting to me when you told me about it Seth because yeah. it just made a lot more sense that he was like contractually legally obligated to do some of these things and it changes the perspective of like a Nick Cage film then <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's definitely some some gems in there. And I think mm -hmm. um, this movie is uh, um, indicative of other recent 
truly good Nicolas Cage movies right. he's been in, but um, there are people who buy strange Nicolas Cage merchandise and will just <laughs> watch anything he's in. And uh, I think, unfortunately, there's maybe a concept of like, oh, he's so dumb in these movies, it's fun. It's like, no, he's good. He's yeah. truly good. Yeah. Um, well, he he's knows contractually he's obligated for some of right. them, <laughs> so exactly. it's, it's pretty hard to be against yeah. that, you know? Well, uh, going off that question and your perspective of it, when you first heard that there was a movie called Pig and mm-hmm. Nicholas Cage was in it. Maybe you heard the premise or the saw the trailer thing. What were you thinking this movie was gonna be? Right. I mean, I had heard buzz around it. It the one-liner titles really are indicative of like horror films to me. <laughs> yes, and, that's really true. And well, Land so, came out this year too. <laughs> yep. Yes, and you know, old like all of them. It's so right. it's well, it's that's just a trend in like movie titling nowadays, and especially if it's tied to a Nick Cage film, you almost think that. I was going into it a little bit more like it's going to be a bit of a a bit of a gore fest a bit of a, a bit yeah. of a, even a slasher or something like that and I was um surprised by what we found I was surprised at the foodie movie that it yes. is like a mini <laughs> part of it which is which was actually really beautifully done I thought and absolutely um, and certainly made me like hungry for black truffles oh my god yeah no, this is a this a is a fantastic food movie yeah so I you know knowing a little bit more about Nicholas Cage and his recent career and and knowing he's often in um I mean it, it's been a thing since film has existed if you uh, try to cash in on a popular movie by making a worse cheaper version of it the premise in the trailer made me think this was going to be a john wick knockoff mm-hmm. um, which if you're not familiar john wick is a man's a hitman's dog is murdered and he goes and finds and kills oh. the people is that and it's keanu reeves and it's if you like action movies it's pretty fun <laughs> so um the premise of this movie though is nicholas cage is a truffle hunter, <laughs> forger, um, who lives in rural Oregon with a pig and his pig is stolen. And the trailer and the poster has a lot of Nicolas Cage covered in blood entering the seedy underbelly to find his pig back. And it really seemed like it was going to be, like you said, a gory action movie. And mm-hmm. oddly it's not, but also Nicolas Cage is covered in blood most of the movie. <laughs> but it is, he is not a violent person. He uh, does not uh, seek violence he kind of reluctantly or maybe not reluctantly he uh, is willing to enter this world of violence but he's not really subject anyone to it <laughs> um it's a very strange much more uh, poetic much slower more yeah. beautiful movie than i expected it's been compared to uh first cow in terms of uh theme and kind of pace if anyone saw that recently also organ beautiful sad peaceful <laughs> movie but all that to say i think there's some brilliant marketing going on here of um this movie really was leading i think most audience members to expect something else entirely mm-hmm. so um let's dig into the synopsis so like we said nicholas cage is living in rural oregon he lives in a small cabin he uh doesn't look like a character who bathes. <laughs> he has very long hair. Um, we, we, he is uh, speaking to his pig often. I don't actually feel terrible. Does the pig have a name? I, I don't think so. I don't think the pig does have a name. He only ever says, I want my pig back. <laughs> yeah, he just name. keeps referring to, <laughs> which you know, sounds like a Harrison Ford line from mm-hmm. a, <laughs> I want my pig back. But, He's a man um, of limited words. For he sure. is, yeah, he barely speaks in this. But bottom line is he is, <laughs> forging living this uh remote cabin doesn't really appear to have electricity and he is selling these truffles um that the pig finds to uh one of our favorite actors alex wolf 
who a uh, great character intro he's coming in in his uh i think it's a lamborghini he's blasting yes. classical music um which i and i don't know often classical music implies some sort of element uh, element of class for the screams new rich mm-hmm. <laughs> someone's trying to shout i'm fancy you know it was some like odd classical music motivational speaking kind that's of right like yeah, tape that's right. <laughs> which was yeah. really funny in of itself is it a great well, obviously, it, he's meant to be the foil of Nick Cage's character yeah. in every way, and man, does the movie—I mean, the movie—pretty much relies on that that duality, that relationship. But um, he's just the polar opposite, if you can imagine, of Absolutely. of what Seth described so beautifully, which was Cage's character in this. And so he is coming by. I believe it's every week or so. He's getting. He has cash with them and he has batteries or whatever other <laughs> that's right things needed and Nick's cage refuses to have a cell phone or anything else you you were wondering for quite a while how this arrangement was even made initially yeah you know? that's true so we have a little bit of this and then out of nowhere uh, the pig is stolen mm-hmm. by meth heads and it just starts this descending journey into a very bizarre seedy underbelly of the culinary Portland, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. which I found it's not just that you see great food, you have really strange ritualistic things. <laughs> and it comes out pretty quickly that Nicholas Cage's character, Rob, is actually a legend. He was a top chef who mm-hmm. owned a lot of the great restaurants. It was part of the scene. And it's not really clear why he left and became a recluse. But uh, soon, the only person he knows is Alex Wolf's character. Right. And soon they're descending into this world of madness together they go to like a they find a hidden wall that he knows exactly where it is and you descend into this <laughs> part of a building that no one knew was there before and there's a waitstaff fight club is happening that's right <laughs> and um, that's the best description of it you could get right <laughs> and it's an endurance contest of some sorts and mm-hmm. this is again like uh you're really expecting you, know, you see people beating the absolute shit out of each other and Nicholas right. Cage is going there and he's trying to get somebody's attention and just takes these punches after punches and he's already still messed up from being attacked when they took out the pig mm-hmm. and you're really expecting this to go a different way and it's <laughs> jarring i think even at this point you're really expecting still the violence to kick him at some point and folks it never does on Nicholas cages <laughs> and he never fights back but he's also relentless in tracking down who has his pig i think it was pretty telling that that was the first kind of scene well one of the very early on scenes that they go to is this fight club mm-hmm. where you're paying for to hit people and like punch people very much underground like in a hole in the wall literally that was just real. well like you said it was jarring but I think it set up the world beyond that and I think they needed it sort of in the beginning of this journey so that they could right. show the brutality I guess of the of the world that they're going into which is like ironically enough the culinary world the high uh, high high-end culinary world at that yes i I should know actually uh two things i should have noted sorry is um we do see he uh nicholas cage is asking for batteries because he has a a tape he wants to play or a cd and a portable Mm -hmm. cd player and it's i think it says for rob on it and that that comes in later but also the this movie is divided up in chapters that all are the name of a dish oh yes and um it's something truff related for the first one and also i megan i'm not sure how you feel about pigs as an animal if it's <laughs> always cute to you but pigs can be very cute to me but mm-hmm. also they're very smart 
they're very smart and my understanding mm -hmm. is a pig would if they could actually kill you and eat you so um, um, maybe not this one I'm not sure <laughs> about that folks I did not do that the great in the science classes so don't judge me on that one but I feel a little better about eating an animal that I know would want to do that mm. <laughs> but, but folks this is a great great pig actor very it cute really and, uh, true bonding of uh, mm -hmm. or early in the movie where he's calling the pig and the pig enters the frame slowly wildly it's it's really cute it's it really is. beautiful it is and you do very quickly feel the bond between uh, this person and their pet their companion oh, yeah. well and, sorry to cut you off no, go that ahead. scene of the um of them stealing the pig is really really crazy and um mm -hmm. very very sentient i think there was the pig squeals like obviously when it's uh, getting stolen but those very. squeals became very human-like to me and so yeah. it really made me think about that it's foreshadowing something of Nicolas Cage's past in the um, scene of it because it's so horrific, it's so traumatizing, and it literally sounds like a shrieking woman. So I can only, which right. the movie doesn't necessarily reveal. I don't believe um, ultimately, but it's it's really jarring in that way. So maybe it's yeah. just to, to personify this pig a little bit more at, into like a more humanistic character. But yeah. it was certainly there for me in that scene. I'd love to. Yeah, that, that's a take great. On it. it was a very intense scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's I think the most intense scene in a movie. And um, I should say, if folks have a pet related in your animal abuse trauma, it might be a trigger. True. Um, you don't. You know, it is in largely the dark, and you don't really see an animal being actually uh, brutalized, anyways. Yeah. But yeah, you hear this really horrific screaming that is. Uh, terrifying and soul crushing and um megan you are not currently a pet owner is that correct not currently but we certainly do love our animals <laughs> yes and as you know I, I am a dog owner myself and mm -hmm. yeah this is definitely when you're hugging your cat your dog or whatever <laughs> when you're watching you're keeping them close with you while you watch this movie um, and i think being pet owners you know past or present is really going to lead towards how you feel about this movie to be honest Sounds so good. um the the relationship between nicholas cage and alex wolf uh, characters is pretty hostile at first of um, Nicholas Cage correctly says you you need me I'm you're you're selling these truffles for thousands of dollars mm -hmm. I know I have the best truffles I know you're making money off me you can find somebody else if you mm -hmm. want good luck you're not going to make as much money so it's a very um reluctant and kind of uh at odds relationship especially Nicholas Cage is never really explaining where he why he wants to go where he's going or what mm -hmm. he's playing on he's very closed off and uh bit of a hostage situation but yeah it's it is a hostile <laughs> for sure yes yeah, so. he's in the right and i think alex's character knows that like he right his name is amir i believe amir, yeah yes. amir knows it like he knows that this is his <laughs> his golden goose like for lack of a better term absolutely so it's kind of fun to see the him grovel with that and like know that this is his cash cow like this is <laughs> for more animal animal references <laughs> this is cash cow this is like his uh ticket to his lifestyle which we do get to see in the lamborghini and the um classical music and in is also very very nice you portland know apartment portland yeah. apartment lakeside apartment and yeah um, so that's really cool that's kind that of was fun the reason I, I didn't move to portland i looked at those prices all right <laughs> yeah stunning um, stunning imagery as well like, oh yes the whole yeah. thing so that's really fun absolutely yes yeah, so, and especially uh nicholas cage becomes even increasingly sympathetic enigmatic as this goes on because mm -hmm. he's 
keeps having this strange request of you can take me here or whatever. And Salub, it, it is not made clear to Emir initially that he is royalty. Mm-hmm. He is culinary royalty in this right. town. And this uh, largely comes to head maybe one of my favorite scenes in the movie is that Nicholas Cage demands that Alex Wolf, they go to a particular restaurant that's called Eurydice. Yes. Plenty, plenty to say about it being called Eurydice, you know, someone who can't <laughs> give up on their lost love. But um Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, and he for I'm trying to remember exactly why it's not too important to this set purposes, but Nicholas <laughs> Cage is aware that that's where he needs to go next to get mm-hmm. somebody's attention. He's basically trying to ha- track down this kind of head honcho of uh, the culinary world who would know where the pig is and mm-hmm. we're going to spoil this now because we're going to talk about it it ultimately ends up being Amir's father actually and That's this right. is not known to Amir at first I think it is actually known to to Rob Nicholas Cage's character and I think that's part of the reason they're not revealing everything but oh. Nicholas Cage I think puts this together fast about like yeah you're trying to set out on your own you really can't do it because his dad is kind of this kingpin almost this Tony Soprano of the <laughs> culinary right. <laughs> the high end culinary scene in portland That's and right. uh very little happens without his knowledge mm-hmm. and um so they're going to this restaurant that for alex wolf is like this is not in my territory i don't sell here i i enjoy going to high cuisine i, I think it's been like a trend for quite a while in mediocre comedies to make fun of how pretentious it all yes. is but you know if you had a good meal in those places it's great mm-hmm. that being said I've had some pretentious dishes that were not as good as they should be. Oh, yeah. You know, um, absolutely. Well, just certainly so. not as, like, high-priced as they should be. Yes, absolutely. Um, Smaller think, or whatever. I think they may be making fun of that aspect. It's like, right. how could you be so pretentious about, like, the presentation of it all? <laughs> to yes, exactly. Just, to justify those crazy, crazy prices. Yeah, so, like, this this scene of places overly pretentious really works for me and it's everything is deconstructed and it's a foam and everything's within a <laughs> 30 mile radius or something which that's cool actually I really like yeah. that I mean I know that's true is that but um it the good. chef yeah it did look good and the <laughs> chef is someone who Nicholas Cage knows and I actually I had to look up this actor because I you thought know, he looked very I recognized familiar. him mm-hmm. and I don't think he has any other credits um, he was so broad to me he almost reminded me of like an SNL character or maybe yes. like a b-roll guy or something but I don't know yeah. for sure so the actor is David Kennel K-N-E-L-L might be saying that wrong Kill. I don't know but uh, not a whole lot of uh, credits he's he's in pig um he's a star he's he's good in pink <laughs> I think, uh, oh that was my favorite scene too Seth I can't wait yeah. to talk about it with you oh uh, you know what I'm, I'm mistaken folks he does have more credits on IMDb he just doesn't have a Wikipedia page so hmm. he, got, he got to experience my shame live this is mostly tv stuff though. not that that <laughs> makes him any less of an actor yeah. all that to say is this boat this person was maybe not as familiar as I thought he was but he certainly has a great presence and mm-hmm. his chef Derek Nicholas Cage demands to see him. <laughs> Nicholas Cage is still covered in blood at this point. It still looks absolutely awful. <laughs> yeah, will um, not clean up at all. Yeah, which is like it's really it was, was that distressing for you, Megan? Because that was very it distressing. Was, well, it was uh, hilarious to see him in the restaurant like that. I loved right. that. And then he he has multiple opportunities for like cleaning himself up and like a mm-hmm. shower even, and it's just it's just no. It's a no for him. Yeah, I mean like he he is at Alex Wolf, as we've described, left the apartment and mm-hmm. refuses to <laughs> to clean up, to change. Yeah. So, and, and I also 
felt the stress now it's all part of how do people look at you if you're walking around for a guy who's got, you know <laughs> um, props to his character for like kind of I mean he batted an eye obviously in the beginning right. but he he had to stick through it so <laughs> that's right. even another funny element of it no of that's itself. true yeah that's hilarious <laughs> As we're going back to the chef, the table just kind of turned, and it's still, it, I should say for me, at least on first viewing, everything Bliss Cage did was unclear to me what his motivations yes. were mm-hmm. until the end of the movie. I agree. And what he was planning. And he talks to the chef, and after the chef gives his whole spiel about deconstructed foam, whatever, <laughs> whatever, truffles are involved. So I was like, yeah, I used to work from there, fire jail. <laughs> and reminds him, like, why are you doing working here? You hate this. <laughs> I know what you wanted to do. You wanted to run a traditional British pub. Mm-hmm. And this guy almost like looks like he's going to start bursting crying, but he's also, his head is kind of shaking and he's trying to keep up a professional smile. And it's a, yes. it's a great intense reaction that I think if Nicholas Cage was covered in blood and was looking at me, it might be a reaction, you know? Robin's character just obliterated his whole life right yeah. before him. And it's so funny to watch as he just gets... He, he he's told about his life like in and after almost as if he's not living it like he's told yeah. about what could have been and yes. oh my god I, that scene is truly truly amazing for yeah, me one kind of a, the top a highlight zone yes uh, moment for him I think that's the image that like yeah this is no but I, I love that scene I love that that actor and of course Alex Wolf is trying to mm-hmm. act as normal as, he, as one can while watching all this unfold is <laughs> I think going on some of his journeys of being shocked, but also really doesn't want to be seen here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so terrific, terrific acting all around in this movie. But we should back up and say, um, at, at one point, Alex Wolf has told uh, Nicholas Cage about uh, the one meal his parents went out that they actually had a good time at. Mm-hmm. They they normally came home still fighting. They were fighting all the time, but when they came home from a dinner once. And it was absolutely delicious. And they talked about it in detail and they loved it. And it slowly becomes clear to the audience that Rob made that meal. And Rob yes. was this head chef who made that. And Rob is confirmed through Derek, I believe, that Amir's father is in possession of the pig and arranged it. And it's uh, Adam Arkin who's playing that character of Darius. So now we have like more strange scenes of yeah, a more odd task that Nicholas Cage is giving to uh, Alex Wolf, and it becomes clear basically I, after a failed attempt of at trying to reason with him his ultimate plan and this this in any other movie this is we're gathering up the material because I'm gonna break into his house if I'm gathering weapons or I'm gathering <laughs> men but this is he's sending Alex Wolf to get a particular baguette to get some particular bottles of wine, mm-hmm. um, a particular chicken, <laughs> and he's uh, recreating the meal that he served him. And right. when the father reluctantly eats it, he just bursts into tears because he remembers the meal. <laughs> and it's a, a very strange scene, but for me, it was very effective. I actually did feel like I was emotionally connecting with that scene. I think we're on the brink of, is this man going to be violent throughout this whole journey? Oh, yes. And then yeah. that that he approaches it with, I'm going to make him a meal that drives him to tears yeah. in, like, to, in such an emotionality. That was really pretty well done for me too and I I was almost thinking he po- he poisoned the food because I like <laughs> I think they make they they set you up to think of this guy as a violent man or like yes you just assume that he is in this world of violence he must be a part of it as well and then I just love like now that you're talking about it too Seth like, that he approached it with like I'm gonna make you a meal is, mm-hmm. is very very 
it's such an interesting like tactic that they used in it, which I think is like a big defining theme of the movie in itself is subverting a lot of assumptions about who this man is, which is, Absolutely, is yeah. a big part of it. And there's a, there's a moment much earlier in the movie where uh, Nicholas Cage, I think it actually might be in the moment with Derek where he says, I remember every meal I've ever made and every customer I've ever served mm-hmm. and they That's don't give right. a shit about you. They do not know who you are, they don't remember. Which I, I don't think I can handle the restaurant industry. <laughs> I'd be, I I'd be uh, very curious actually to talk to somebody who has been in their long form and how true. they feel about uh, this film. So I think it actually really did catch this villain character, Darius, off guard that that was the meal. That yeah. he might have just seen it and been kind of confused, but then he tastes it. He tastes the wine that's paired with it and everything and is instantly brought back to tears. Mm-hmm. And it's right after this that he finally confesses he doesn't actually have the pig, the meth heads who stole the pig did a shitty job and unfortunately the pig died shortly after it was stolen mm-hmm. which is crazy he didn't tell him that earlier <laughs> as far as I'm concerned he could have saved trouble but then you just have Nicholas Cage just dropping to the floor screaming and crying there is no real catharsis except you know maybe there isn't knowing you know sure. what has mm-hmm. happened but it is not the happy ending but you do have this huge release of passion that is a man screaming and crying <laughs> like, um, like a Greek tragedy, you know? And, uh, and it's wonderful and it's very powerful mm-hmm. and uh, very emotional. Emotional passion at that, I was, I was mm-hmm. going to say. And, which, and then amongst these men of high caliber was kind yeah. of fun to see. <laughs> yeah. Powerful and, to see. And it's hinted at throughout this that we're not exactly sure what has happened, but that Nicolas Cage's own wife has died unexpectedly i think it's maybe implied it was in the hospital you know of a long-term disease or something but mm-hmm. she has passed and he was happily married once and we can connect the dots that he has right. become a complete recluse since then this is the tape that he was trying to um, play yes. earlier is implied that it's from his wife and we can hear her voice and it sounds like he plays it a lot and mm-hmm. and is reminiscing basically through the tape and sometimes it's so painful he can't even get through the listening of the tape so yeah it's a pretty fresh wound for him I believe absolutely yeah it's um there's a a favorite musician of mine is a uh, uh, Nick Cave of the Cave and the Bad Seeds and he uh, a few years ago had a tragedy this 15 year old son uh, died in an accident wow and he said time is elastic you keep moving further and further away from this moment and then would you at least expect it you're snapped right back to that moment when you found out this person's gone and i love that uh, expression and i think this movie understands that Mm -hmm. or at least understands uh, grief in a profound way that a lot of movies that present grief maybe don't it really felt like a very passionate uh, thing this is a made by a new filmmaker this is their debut film michael sonorski and i'm very excited to see what they do next but um, not much is known about this uh, person, at least not much that I could find as yet, but it's impossible for her not to project onto the artist. <laughs> you know, either they're just a very intelligent uh, storyteller or they have a, I would put my money that this is their way of processing oh, sure. grief of their own. What but a yeah, great this is... debut film. Like, oh my congrats, God, right? congrats yeah. to him. <laughs> Absolutely. Very excited to see what they're doing in their, their future. But yeah. mm-hmm. a, a real, another kind of kicker at the end of the, the movie. Uh, after this is already found out and Alex by the way Alex Wolf's character it's is putting together more and more that he is having 
a very complicated relationship with his father. His yeah. father's this violent temper and he becomes mm-hmm. kind of more aware of it and and self-conflicting. He he kind of idolizes him, but but it's pretty quickly dismantled throughout the movie, which is fun to watch as well. It is. And, I, and one of my favorite notes on that is um he stops listening to classical music and his father's <laughs> listening to classical music. So it kind of seems uh, yeah. everything he's doing is to impress his dad, which is clearly not working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, this whole situation ends without conflict of Nicolas Cage and Alex Wolf leave the father's house without without having gained anything, without having lost anything more. You know, there's mm-hmm. no additional violence. Um, they're just going separate ways. And he, out in the next cage, confesses to Alex Wolf, like, I don't actually need the pig to find the truffles. Mm. Um, he can just do that. He, it's something about how um, you look at where the trees are, the moss uh. or something. And Alex Wolf is like, well, what the fuck? Why do we go through all this? Like, he gives so many of the money. He's like, I just love my pig. That's right. And mm-hmm. I love that. And yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Alex Wolf, what's his name? Amir's character wouldn't really, yeah. it's like a final lesson for him. He wouldn't really understand doing that for a relationship uh, in his life or for a loving relationship in his life because he doesn't really have that, I don't think. And so right. maybe in a way it's also, I mean, I think it's, <laughs> there's very, very subtle like agreements, I think, between Amir and Robin by the end of it and mm-hmm. and pretty sincere ones. Like I think that it was a gesture of, of kind of like I see you and I I get it like I now I understand and and even from Amir's part I think he it was a bigger journey for him almost because he really needed to be broken out of his shell of this corporate um right. chef life <laughs> not really corporate but like this yeah this high-end chef world that he lives in and is his own little bubble it, I think it's certainly burst by the end of it and it's thanks to this journey that he's been on with this weird guy no absolutely and i I do think you're right i think there is this kind of somewhat anti-capitalist message in there like Mm -hmm. you do not need to make the most money and be the top of this scene and take that from the guy who was yeah i appreciate that and it's i don't know if you necessarily get much of a feel of what exactly amir is going to do next but like it they are going to continue this he still is gathering mushrooms yeah sorry um truffles (laughs) i should confess by the way i don't like truffles (laughs) Um, have you had like you had little them? shavings of them? i've had little shavings of them i it seems like a thing i would like i love mushrooms yes i like earthy wines i don't know if i haven't had good enough ones but um, apparently much like with some folks just don't like a cilantro and that's a gene thing sure gene that you just don't like truffles which is like well i don't want to pay like twelve hundred dollars to find out i don't like truffles <laughs> well, <laughs> I've the had shavings it... i've had like at a restaurant yeah yeah i haven't even had like i would say full shavings i've just had right. maybe even that it's like a powder or like infused into something but yeah. i had a i had a, a black truffle gnocchi one time Ooh, that was that, that was the best it's, <laughs> it's always i've had it's always a thing that gives me pause because there's so often like a dish i see all the time is black truffle risotto with scallops yeah. i mm. love risotto i love scallops mm. and i think i just need to give it a try and see if I would like this because <laughs> I've had like troubled cheeses that were not for me they're too sure it almost reads as a gasoline flavor yeah I, so, it, it needs to be very sparingly uh, yeah. amounted which is what personally I can afford yes. <laughs> so like that, that <laughs> I will give great. it a try because because truffles look delicious throughout this whole movie <laughs> that dish I mentioned is from uh Shadowbrook in oh, Santa yeah. Cruz if anybody I has been it. there I highly highly recommend very I, very good that's a place I plan on going when I'm back in Mm-hmm. in california such a good food yeah. movie though it really yeah made you, no it is a great food movie this made is you crave um, something <laughs> yeah I, I 
I mean, we, we might put out a list around uh, Thanksgiving, but I, I think it's kind of fun to watch food movies. This is, I think, a top five food movie for me. We should note that the scene of making the dinner was actually done with Amir helping him the whole, That's right. the whole yeah. process along. So that was... Yeah for sure symbolic of like a turning point for Amir. And I don't know if it was necessarily to just as a way to speak to his father, to have him actually be heard because he's a part of this meal that literally moves his father to tears. I mean, I think that that has to be no, something absolutely. to do with it. But, but I thought um, it was a really nice touch and it was a very like um, grasshopper moment, like grasshopper <laughs> learning moment. And I like yes. it. I did like it. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I was just, hold on. I, I'm sure there's recipes for it because people were talking about it <laughs> the yeah. the dish from the movie you mean yeah i believe it was was it duck that he made it was definitely a bird i can't remember if it was something smaller like pheasant oh yeah maybe you're right so. <laughs> yeah because it it's in the chapters that's right because each oh, chapter is named after so i remember it was like the first chapter is rustic mushroom tart and that's what mm -hmm. he's making mm -hmm. then it's mom's french toast Simple roast pigeon. That that was it. Pigeon. Simple roast pigeon. Simple roast yeah. pigeon, folks. Right. Okay. We, we found the answer. Yeah, we were on a spree. Okay. Um, thank you for our, your patience, Megan, and audience. So. Oh, it had to be found, Seth. It did, right? And, and you, yeah, this you is, did it. This is a movie that is going to make you, I think, want to go find Simple Rose Pigeon mm. uh, <laughs> shortly after viewing. It looked uh, amazing. It was that was a good scene. Yeah, that was great. And by the end of the movie, they're they're doing this still. You know, uh, Amir is still picking up the truffles from Nicholas Cage. I thought that was interesting that he does not want to come back into it. You know, he's mm -hmm. he's kind of experienced the culinary world, and it is exactly what what it was you know uh, mm -hmm. uh, still and I, I i think you get the impression that darius was maybe underhandedly in charge still back in nicholas cage's day yeah of, sure. as a top chef and like sure. now he's still picking truffles and is still going to sell them to a mirror so a surprisingly simple movie and i don't know this this hit me really hard as a uh we're also going through the pandemic folks and sometimes uh, something this well crafted that deals with grief yeah and even though, like i didn't lose a pet you know um mm -hmm. i think we are still experiencing collective ongoing trauma so a movie like this really just knocked me, <laughs> knocked oh, me out yeah, know. emotionally and it's great and it's and i think it is cathartic and it was moving and it's truly beautiful and so unlike the movie i expected it to be for sure of uh this cage because I'm murderous rampage. To get exactly. I was going to say, well, coming from National Treasure, this was yeah. this was quite the step away from me. And and what a like I also just thought it was like very experimentational in terms of mm -hmm. portraying emotionality. I think that's probably if if I were to try and go into the filmmaker's head, I think that that's that would have been his goal for this. And if it is that he succeeded, and I'm interested in how he'll copy that later on but it is really interesting to create these subversive places um and these characters into these subversive places that's always like i mean that's a classic movie theme and it's always going to work but but this was still even though that that's a classic theme i think that this was still pretty original which Absolutely. is really hard to do so um yeah. so you know props where props are given i'm, I'm also i'm a big fan of thing entity organization or like 
occupational world that seems to be pretty straightforward is actually has a criminal underbelly. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. So, which I, I, I have heard, I, I worked at a wine and cheese shop and <laughs> apparent uh, people who've been there longer would talk about the cheese underground, the, the cheese black market. Apparently that is a thing because things oh, yeah. are often not legal uh, in America and they're legal again. So there, there certainly is something <laughs> to um, mm-hmm. this and like, um, there, there's a uh, sea dishes that you can um, in in California that are closely regulated. If you can't actually wear diving equipment to go get it, so For you sure. can. I think it is abalone actually. So you can only uh, supposed to only bring back a certain amount at a time. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. there's a lot of illegal operations around that, and <laughs> so that's something I think we're all are somewhat aware of. Or if you mm-hmm. aren't, you're welcome, I suppose. <laughs> but um, seeing a movie dive this much into it of it being it's not just a few folks trying to uh steal a pig you know they're, they're selling that pig to like the mafioso who, who <laughs> is somehow involved in every restaurant in portland yeah. and uh yeah. i i do enjoy the idea that everything is like essentially i don't I, take I comfort mean, in it but it's a fascinating idea to me that there being this underbelly in these shadow folk running oh it, it has to be for life you know yeah. yeah and the food industry is a, a specifically i should say the restaurant industry is a multi right. has to be billion dollar <laughs> yes. industry i mean maybe a million dollar industry but certainly yeah. with the like upcharge of prices that we see oh, and yeah. then and then that like we said about the restaurant scene or the pretentious restaurant scene uh-huh. earlier that's they can operate that way because of their like upcharging and not to say that their quality of ingredients aren't a thing but it's also like it does kind of show then the labor that goes into it and, and it could even be a symbol of like the poor farmer poor in the sense of like monetary poor farmer that is mm-hmm. is getting these things for us and and then even down to the the animal the pig that searches for them in the first place or that we eat in the first place so there's <laughs> yeah, a lot that's of certainly like layers true. I, I like that it's layered in that way and it shows it shows every ass it shows every um denomination of this of this chain to the restaurant of this like pipeline to get to the snuffy <laughs> stupid <laughs> restaurant <laughs> i could certainly see someone turning to always contemplating vegetarianism after yeah, watching this film because and I, I think that's something i like about it. the movie commentates on it a lot but you don't have any characters commenting on the fact that we are looking for <laughs> a animal bred to eat yes. you know <laughs> and you know, here we are in a culinary world and this man loves his animal that's right you know i didn't even watch it so here's me talking out of my ass but like there was that movie called uh, okja which i think okja, and it was, yeah, yeah. from what i gather i think it has similar themes about these animals that we take for granted but it's it's right. definitely about just recognizing we their should existence. watch that that's uh, i know <laughs> recognizing uh, bong their... jong ho the guy who did a uh, yes. parasite that's correct yeah. i think it's on netflix but um yeah. I, I assume that there, a theme of it is like recognizing that just the source of where your meat literally comes from and right. that's, that's a big theme of it yeah absolutely I, I think that's like among the reasons i don't frankly feel the need to um become vegan or anything it's like it i i am uh grateful to be in a position where i can eat meat more ethically and occasionally i'm buying something from like costco or whatever but i i am usually able to like get a red meat from like a market where i'm aware of where the butcher is sure mm-hmm. not everyone can do that you know and, and even Absolutely. if you have the funds not everywhere is in a position logistically mm-hmm. where you can easily do that so that's a thing that i think a lot of folks take for granted i certainly did sure. in summary great food movie great mm-hmm. cathartic movie mm-hmm. about grief uh, great, very understated Nicolas Cage. I don't think he ever yes. really, you know, I'm part of the reason why that 
scream of grief at the end is so powerful is he never really speaks above a <laughs> muttered word you know sure. the rest of the whole movie i think mm-hmm. he has a few neutral but this is not um face off uh, or something like that where he is a uh, ranting and raving the whole movie that's true it even um cuts out of sound so we're seeing yeah it, that's true too um we're seeing it in silence and letting his acting do the talking and uh, i mean i agree he he did very very well in this i thought and yeah. when you have such limited dialogue and when you are a mysterious character the way he is i think he portrayed it pretty very well and it's not yeah. just like he's thrown into something that i think a lot of people will say like oh well he's just doing like his nick cage thing and right and <laughs> i i think you can't say that for this movie i, I don't think that he is typically this recluse farmer man so right. I, that's where i thought he did he did shine from what yeah. i saw and I, I think for folks who fall in a close cage, we've had a few movies that people said, oh, this is finally returned to form for him. And mm. I'll, I'll be honest, I think the last like two didn't really do it for me. People said Mandy was a really good, true Nicolas Cage performance. And I can't really articulate why that movie just didn't connect with me. Sure. I didn't sure. think he was bad in it. But, you know, just um, not for you. It maybe. just didn't do it for me. <laughs> yeah. You know? And the other was a Colorado Space, which is often a crazy Nicolas Cage movie that's Ooh. fun. But the movie also, for whatever reason, didn't didn't work for me. So I, I was very happy to see by my standards, at least like now, this is truly a good movie. Good. And this is so opposite of those two things where he's going very big. Um, good. good. Well, I think we both have a recommendation based off um, the two two lead actors. Sure. Um, yeah. I'm going to do a Nicolas Cage recommendation. <laughs> do you want to start, uh, Megan? Yeah, sure. I mean, we've talked a lot about Nick Cage's performance in this, but the other, basically his counterpart of this whole movie is um, Amir's character who's played by Alex Wolf, who is, I'm sure a lot of people know in, in the, he's becoming kind of a indie darling a little bit. Um, uh, but certainly for me, he's really stepped up the game and I have seen him in a lot of movies even recently. He, and he takes very, um, I'll give him the credit that I think that he takes very interesting roles he certainly doesn't want to be like a leading man or like a I should say like a romanticized character in any way I mean he's basically an asshole in this so it's it's a testament to him just wanting to pick like interesting roles I think but what kicked it off for me was seeing him in one of the best horror movies of our defining generation and this new wave of horror which I think is definitely a thing is Ari Aster's debut film hereditary which is it's so crazy to me that that's his uh debut film um but he (laughs) he is pretty remarkable in that to me and um even like seth and i have seen old which we hopefully we kind of want to talk about it a little later on yeah little hint hint wink wink but um he was really (laughs) i thought with how literally ridiculous that movie is he was very entertaining and really sold it to me a little bit better than than another actor in that role so you know I really admire him and I'm excited to see the roles that he does choose because he picks these very interesting ones not mainstream not not very uh like I said leading actor trying to be kind of guy he's not he he doesn't put on airs in other words and I think he's doing a very good job at what he is trying to do which is just be a good interesting actor (laughs) Right. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think like um, 
old is maybe the biggest movie he's been in in terms of I, I imagine a much bigger budget than Hereditary mm-hmm. and, and a known director yeah um yeah. If, um M. Night and uh, Hereditary is fantastic folks you haven't seen you have to watch it but yes. um I think Pig was the first movie he did after that so like even doing like going back to what you were saying Megan about him having these great acting choices you know in a bigger movie mm-hmm. but still a very interesting role yeah. you know and so an interesting That's strange it. movie than doing something so small like pig you know exactly. which is a director's first film i think this you know very small budget and you you have nicholas cage in it but this is a small movie all by all accounts That's um, true. so i i'm very excited i agree with you. i'm very excited um i i will say actually one thing i'm worried about with this uh director michael Srensky is he's going to be doing uh, a quiet place part three i have not seen the quiet place uh series but I'm, I'm always kind of worried when a director does something this good and then it goes immediately to a paycheck that can work out really well that can work out great i'm just hoping we get a uh, original screenplay and film from them again soon i did not um, know about the quiet place yeah that might be three. good yeah I, it, it might be great but well, uh, I'm what happened to John Krasinski? <laughs> That's his whole baby. Like, it's weird to me. Yeah, that well, I don't think, I'm not sure if he's involved in part two either. I don't know, though. Um, oh, oh my. Yeah. That's interesting. I saw yeah. both. I saw both. Okay. And, um, were they good? Um, I like the first one better. People were okay. really like raving about the second one that it was mm. it was like just the same. But actually, for me, I it was a bit of a peg down. But I I mean I I liked them enough. <laughs> I liked yeah. the first one better. Like I said. <laughs> I mean, I also we both like horror movies, so maybe yeah. this guy doing a horror movie is gonna be fucking great. <laughs> maybe we're gonna. That's ask true. Mm-hmm. Love it. It's interesting because uh, Quiet Place Part Two felt very. It, it's more sci-fi. Obviously, it's not quite like mm. a horror that I'm okay. interested in, but it's it comes off a little bit more sci-fi thriller than horror so i will be interested to see that i did not know about that Um, and your recommendation Seth. yes i'm going to recommend a nicholas cage movie Um, this is i think maybe (laughs) nicholas cage has worked with many of my favorite directors he's worked with martin scorsese david lynch and the Coen brothers but he's in a movie by maybe my favorite director it kind of changes by within the top three but he was in Werner Herzog's Bad Lieutenant Port of Call New Orleans and this is an absolute unhinged Nicolas Cage is the dirtiest strangest cop um, in New Orleans shortly after Katrina there's a great quote from him at a uh, screening for this movie that it gives you the vibe of it he said I'm sick of people telling me I'm going over the top there's no top of human emotion (laughs) wow and um, so he kind of takes uh, this this movie kind of goes to eleven across the board. If you're not familiar with Werner Herzog, he's a Bavarian director who's now made over seventy films of uh, feature films and documentaries. Uh, I love this guy. He's crazy. <laughs> he does some very interesting things. A very unique presence. Very indie movies of very singular vision. And I was just really starting to get into film when I watched this, and I hadn't seen other Herzog movies, but I knew enough to know this is crazy that these two guys are working together. This auteur German director and this Hollywood star, and it's a very strange story that doesn't really go the way you'd expect. Um, you're not really sure what. Nicholas Cage is after. He's a cocaine addict. He's a degenerate gambler. He is also trying to keep his uh, father um, happy, maybe too much. He, things are not going great for him in the force. He's also the best cop of the force. And um, depending on how you feel about police enforcement, this might be a movie you enjoy. It's not exactly a flattering our boys in blue rah 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 movie. Mm-hmm. Um, highly recommended if you want to see a, a generally good vehicle for Nicholas Cage to go full 
crazy Nicolas Cage. It's okay. a good director who, exactly, I, it would not be correct to say Werner Herzog reigns him in because he doesn't. <laughs> but it's a good vehicle for him to go and let loose in. I wish that there was a SNL when Andy Samberg impersonated, he did a great impersonation. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Nick Cage, but he, he used to say something like, I'm going to go full like national treasure on their ass or something like that. <laughs> I really, I probably am misquoting that, but that's nice. the vibe that like yeah, i'm yeah, getting yeah. from, from it. i mean me if, if you want to see like a more like hollywood it's not it's a genre it's a hong kong director but he did a hollywood <laughs> movie with nicholas cage and john travolta called face off where they are oh. are you familiar with this at all uh, the name sounds familiar okay, but so, i don't know it, i don't um, know much about nicholas cage is the, is the terrorist and john travolta is the cop and they literally <laughs> exchange faces at one point or after each other oh, so for okay. most of the movie nicholas cage is doing a john travolta impression and wow. vice versa. Okay. So it is full crazy Nicolas Cage, mm-hmm. <laughs> big budget explosions. So, oh my um, God, that sounds amazing. Sorry, <laughs> folks, you're getting two recommendations. <laughs> that, that's a kind of more Hollywood. It's a wild, crazy, zany movie that is um, pretty fun. But well, those uh, Bad actors... Lieutenant's going to be a little bit more of a little more morally challenging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, those two actors are kind of in the same vein a lot of the time. I think so. Yeah. So that is very interesting. Wow. On my list. <laughs> on my watch list immediately I, i'm sure this is not gonna be the last time we cover nicholas cage movie <laughs> folks one last piece of business we want to address too is we record these a little bit before they come out so who knows when this mm-hmm. will drop probably in a couple of weeks but the oscar nominations were just announced today for 2022 yes. and so plenty to talk about there we won't go to everything now but the main question for you megan <laughs> do you think Nicolas cage was snubbed for not being nominated in this one you know, well, I saw the Best Picture nominations, which I was actually pretty surprised by myself, which we can talk about a little bit. I don't know sure, too, many, too many of them, but but I certainly would hope that Pig would get nominated for something, I, mm-hmm. especially even like uh, original screenplay, if that was up for grabs. I, I, you told me, Seth, that it got nothing. Am I correct? Like, correct. <laughs> that is always disappointing to see certainly for us it's disappointing to see that this is this truly is such a small movie like you can feel that in when you watch it and um and it has its merits and it's like uh especially as an original screenplay which i think it is it's very i think it would warrant that award for me personally which i and i know you said seth that people are upset particularly that nick cage wasn't nominated which i can i fully understand it may just be that like you know he's he doesn't have much lines in this scene and um that's true that may be a part of it Uh, for me i think what shined in this movie a little more was just the screenplay in general Mm -hmm. um but so it is a little disappointing that the movie itself wasn't nominated and i i personally think that it's because of how low budget it is which is a notorious problem for the oscars (laughs) historically so I always would root for the underdog if I do see it. Right. Um, so that's kind of my like feelings about it. Yeah, I, I think you're 100% correct. As, uh, it's expensive to my knowledge to have a Oscars campaign. You, you are not just uh, nominated. It's a it's a process. And, oh, um, it's political as all get out, I'm yeah, sure. Um, I remember um, years ago, David Lynch, I think partially protesting how strange the process was, was uh, yeah. um, on a street corner with a cow and a sign that said vote nominate Laura Dern because she had just been in Inland Empire for <laughs> his movie. So someone who'd already been quite around for a long time doing a very strange lynching PR stunt to bring yeah. attention to like 
here's my advertising campaign <laughs> to get sure. to get my actor nominated and uh yeah but i think it is like certain magazines you have to just pay big money to be featured in but on the note of best picture do you have one you are hopeful for megan yeah i well i unfortunately the only one that i did get to see this year was dune which mm. is which is unfortunate i know i know at least like majority of them which um right. is exciting i know that you saw power of the dog set so i'm kind yes. of interested in your like take on that but i really um, liked it yeah. okay good yeah i mean for me i i don't think that dune is gonna win it because again it's one of those like genre things i do think that in the past horror has not been out one for anything right. typically parasite was a big like change for that it's not necessarily horror but it's um, right. in that vein and then sci-fi i don't think many sci-fi things make it to the top they make it to the best picture nominations so it's nice that it's in there i'm i'm kind of excited to see how it does <laughs> and then of course i know that west side story is in there as well and um any spielberg <laughs> movie that uh I think that it's just gonna get nominated <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. it's kind of like he doesn't have to do a lot uh just be Spielberg basically and that's not just snub the movie at all it's just like it's fucking Spielberg <laughs> you know so that's like those yeah. are only my takes on it I, I I'm just interested I'm interested to see what um what goes for it did you hear apparently um I, I'm blanking on her name but uh Steven Spielberg's daughter is uh working on a movie that should be coming out soon but in all her interviews, she's, for whatever reason, trying to act like she didn't get this movie made because she's Jean Spielberg's daughter. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's like, oh, why don't you not just lean into that? Like, you're, I think like I no one's going to believe you I for know. doing this based on merit. Like, no matter how good it is. It's true. That's hard. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, hard. But but yes, I, I yeah. think I did hear that. And it's like, yeah. okay, well... <laughs> I have not seen every movie from Western that I would like to yet. I'm excited to see Drive My Car is nominated. I haven't seen that yet, but that is a uh, Chinese film. And it's always exciting when there is a foreign picture yes. nominated for Best Picture, especially since that actually happened uh, with Parasite. I know. Uh, I will tell you, though, from what I've seen, I'm really hoping for Nightmare Alley to win uh, Good. I'm Best glad. Picture. I love that. I thought that was great. And I think it's a old story on that is, I think, very relevant today, too, about texturism, really, and how and wow. the lies we tell each other and how eager people are to pay for lies. And I think it uh, has a lot more to say about where our culture is right now than just mm. the straightforward, very intense and harrowing story. <laughs> but I think it has a lot to say about um, where America's at right now. Ooh. I think my my biggest snub to me, though, as much as I when Nicholas Cage being nominated, I was disappointed that Tragic Macbeth didn't get more nominations. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah didn't, that was fantastic. And uh, Denzel's nominated, so happy to see that. But I imagine I will have more words to say about that in our next one, folks. We're going to be doing a um, top films from 2021 episode That's right. uh, uh, coming up pretty shortly after this. So we're going to dive into a little bit more of that. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. Okay, folks. Well, that uh, concludes this episode. I just want to note we are now on Twitter and Instagram, so feel free to follow us there. We uh, hate to do this, but we do love it if you like and subscribe. So I've now said it. Now I want to wash my mouth out, but <laughs> that's where we are. <laughs> episode six. Mm -hmm. Had to do it. <laughs> yep. It's it's contractual. It's not. It is. <laughs> we exactly. don't have any contracts, but you know, for ourselves. You know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, folks, thank you so much for listening, and we're looking forward to coming back with our top films for 2021. We've been film optimists. Take care.